Crushgasm, the podcast dedicated to the highs and lows of crushes. From their first to their worst, we're going to cover them all with a cascade of characters, including our guest today, a forever thespian, Jackie Rom, an author, presenter, acting coach, and podcaster, is here to talk not only about books and our show, but also her crush on the theater. Jackie, how are you? I'm really good, thank you. I'm really excited. We've this year with we've had crushes on the idea of nostalgia and like genres of television so i'm excited you're here to talk about the theater but before we get started can you tell us where we can find you online very easy my website is jackierom.com <laughs> it's you that it, simple <laughs> you made it very easy to find you yeah let me just spell it it's j-a-c-k-y-r-o-m so google me or pop in the uh, jackierom.com <laughs> like okay so like i said this crush is it's sort of new for us usually we're crushing on a celebrity or someone from like elementary school but this is a crush on the theater and this crush began when you're about five years old had you known anything about the theater or acting before that point no i, I need to tell you a story because it's the most fascinating story uh this five being talked about being five years old so about five or six years ago I went to a London theatre to see a show and it really didn't matter what the show was but at half time I needed to use the bathroom when I came back the lights were out and the show had started so I sat down I was in the circle and I sat down at the front of the circle and to wait so the I could go up to my seat and as I sat down I had the weirdest feeling, but something was wrong. Don't ask me why I did this. I bent down and I looked under the kind of the gold railing and I thought, that's right. Now, none of this made sense at at this time. So the next day I told my mum exactly what happened. She she calls me Jacqueline. She goes, Jacqueline, the reason is at five years old, you saw your first show in that theatre and I saw Fiddler on the Roof, the original with Topol and my grandparents took me to see it. And I sat front row in the circle. Oh, so you sat in like kind of the same seat as yeah. the first time? and it brought back a memory of the first time I went to the theatre. And it was my mum that said from that moment at five years old, and I stood all the way through the show and watched it standing up, she said, your love for the theatre started then. And you said you went with your grandparents. I'm going to take it it wasn't your idea to go see Fiddler on the Roof. It was probably the adults in your life. <laughs> I have yeah I can't to be really honest I can't remember that far back <laughs> so, uh, do you yeah. um do you remember what about that performance made it like stick out to you and like made you fall in love because you said it is it for a five-year-old to sit through even a movie is hard so to sit through a whole production even harder I I honestly can't remember but I do remember my mum took me 
to the cinema and the theatre from very young. And by the time I was 10 years old, I wanted to be a director and producer. And for a 10-year-old, I mean, I'm 63 now, so for 10, 50 years ago, for a young girl at 10 years old to want to be a director, I think is, you know, quite unique. Um, and I was determined I was going to be a director. And at 15, I went to see a careers advisor at school. And when I told her I'm going to be a director, she threw me out. Oh, don't be ridiculous. And so I... It, but I wrote my first musical play when I was 17 and I produced it and directed it at age 18. Oh, so did you ever want to act or were you always someone who just wanted to create the show? I took, I started taking acting classes at 10 years old and, um, but, but I don't remember I don't remember ever wanting to be on the stage. I always wanted to kind of boss everyone else around. That's what you did <laughs> as a child, you know? And and then so I kind of only, I only understood probably 13, 14 years old that what I wanted to do. And then I at 17, I thought, I'm just gonna write my own. I'm not gonna wait. And I wrote and I, I wrote and directed at 17 my first play. And what was it like at age 18, that is very young, to write anything that is going to be produced? What was it like kind of putting that together at that time back then? I would always put my hand up. I still do. You know, it, um, it was, I was on, I was in a youth centre. We have youth clubs. I don't know if that's something you do, you do or did in America, but we had these youth clubs and uh, it was fundraising. And I would just put my hand up and say, I've got an idea, I'll write a show. And I don't think about things. <laughs> I just do it. And I remember doing that. And the very first show I put on, I took a bunch of um, songs that were either classic or pop, and then I wrote a story around it. And then at 18, I wrote the Full Scale Musical. What uh, artists were you kind of inspired by for that? I, it's the American Divas. So it's mm. always been Liza, Barbara, Bette. Mm. Uh, it's always been the big, the strong women, always. And even now, I mean, you know, we're 50 years on and I write uh, crime th crime stories and uh, and still my lead, lead uh, are lead, uh, strong leading ladies to this day. And quite often they've got um, very uh, flamboyant uh, friends. I love a drag queen. I love a drag queen. Queen. I love their too. confidence. So I, I have quite, quite a few drag queens in my books. And uh, that it's funny, the first musical I wrote was about a young family with children that wanted to have somebody come and live with them to help them with their child. Mm -hmm. uh, what We call them an au pair. Um, um, uh, and uh, when the au pair turned up, it was a man. And don't forget, we're talking about 50 years ago, so this was really unusual. And the man was very camp and flamboyant. Uh, and of course, everybody was shocked that there was a man living there. Yeah, so that was the, and it was called Another Mouth to Feed. 
no idea where the script is now. Oh, <laughs> it sounds like uh, you you did it before Mrs. Doubtfire. I know. <laughs> yeah, right. I remember I used to write comedy scenes, and I remember writing a twenty-minute comedy scene where uh, there was a, a group of all these different people on the beach. And suddenly the policeman came. They had to stay there. They couldn't move because a lion had escaped from the local zoo. <laughs> like, and I was about 15 when I wrote that. Wow, you've been writing a long time and you've done so much yeah. since you wrote that, um, sort of writing at 17 and putting on this musical play. What, would, what do you think that your 18 year old self would like think of how you, you know, turned out in theater and all you've done? Would she be proud? Oh yes, she'd be proud, but I think she'd probably slap me on the wrist and say, you could have done this a lot sooner. <laughs> she, I think our younger selves are judgmental. They're like, why yeah. didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? <laughs> yeah, because I knew what I wanted to do so young. And I mean, I've just I produced five years ago, a documentary which we've got on Amazon Prime. And that really was my first TV production as a producer. You know, it's taken me, I'm 60 years old. I'm in the pre-production now for a television series, which I'm presenting. And I'm absolutely amazed that television channels want a 60 year old to present. But okay. times have changed. Well, that's good. That's good that we're changing in that way because it shouldn't just be yeah. the same type of people on TV all the time. It gets boring. Absolutely. <laughs> and as for theater as a whole, you said you fell in love with it back in 1963. Here we are in 2023. Uh, what sort of like evolutions have you seen in theater um, that made your love continue six decades later? Like what sort of growth have you seen in theater that makes you be, like proud? I think the love of telling a story um, and I think inclusion. I love inclusion. I mean, I love seeing some of the shows. Like, have you seen Kinky Boots? Oh, no, but I, um, one of my favorite, like, singers, he did it. So I'm aware of what it is, but I didn't get, a, get to see him in it, unfortunately. And it's funny because it, it's a true story, Kinky Boots. For anybody that doesn't know, it's a shoe company that was going out of... Um, uh, business and so somebody said, said to them why don't you make kinky boots for drag queen and that's oh. how they saved their business uh, <laughs> and so it, it's a musical and we've got another one um, all about Jamie so I love the uh, uplifting I think theatre should be uplifting I think you should go in and come out with a smile or want to get up and join in you know, the theatre is to lose yourself in a story, to have two, two and a half hours of pure joy. Whether it's, it, it doesn't matter really if it's a thriller or a musical, but just to be enthralled and taken to a different world. I like that. I like that you think it should just always be joyous. That is good. That's mm -hmm. a good thing. And I assume that's always joyous for you. But is there something that used to happen in the theater world back in the day that doesn't anymore that you kind of miss? Uh, I miss. I don't think so. You know, I think you just always have to look forward. So I kind of don't look back. Um, I think everything now is bigger and better automated spectacular 
popular and you just got to keep up with the times. You know, when I was told I couldn't be a director, I then had very quickly, I, it even amazes me that I thought of this, I decided I was going to become a makeup artist. That would get me on a film set and somehow from there I was going to become a director. But I wanted to do prosthetics in makeup. Uh, and now, you know, what they do with CGI is oh. just phenomenal. I mean, they've just, I was watching uh, The Little Mermaid, the live action Little Mermaid. Oh, mm -hmm. it's fabulous. So, no, every day is a new day in the art form of uh, TV, film, and theatre. And I love it. Yeah, the Little Mermaid graphics look amazing. I'm really stunned because that the graphics in Aquaman, I wasn't feeling the underwater, but this, so I was worried because Little Mermaid is my favorite Disney movie, but I've, I'm and happy with she, Yeah, she's exquisite. She is beautiful. Just oh, so yeah. beautiful. And her voice. I'm glad they casted oh. a singer. Yeah. And I love uh, Melissa McCarthy as well. And I think she's going to be a brilliant Ursula. Yes, I've heard good things. I'm excited. So I'm not someone who grew up going to the theater. I was from a very small town. We just didn't have that. I did it in high school, but I was more the tech crew. Um, so, I've, and then I went to, I saw the Book of Mormon because I'm a big South Park fan. So I had to go see what Matt and Trey did. So what sort of play would you recommend to people like me to get them to turn around and maybe go out to the theater more? <laughs> I started personally with Shakespeare and uh, we used to every year we would go, we had a local park and we would take our uh, like beach chairs and our blanket and we would go and watch Shakespeare in the park. And Shakespeare is like driving. You start at the beginning and there's a lot of things to do and you can't quite work it all out. And then one day it clicks and you just sit back and enjoy it. And so I think everybody should go and watch Shakespeare. Uh, everybody should go and watch local groups uh, and musicals. Start with a musical. Start with something that just makes you feel happy. Go to the local group that's doing Oliver or Les Mis or, you know, just support the local groups, I think. I'll have to search it out. I think we actually have one not too far away, maybe like 30 minutes, and it is down the street from my favorite restaurant in this area, so. Perfect. <laughs> A plus. Yeah. So you uh, did theater. Um, you also mentioned the documentary on Amazon and working in TV and movies. You've done that for 40 years now, and that I feel like that's a whole different world than theater. So other than like the live aspect, what do you think separates an actor that can perform in theater and on the stage versus actors who only do film and television? It's really simple. An actor that works on the stage will have worked originally on the stage, <clears throat> and then they move to film. It's very difficult for a film actor, purely film, to go and work on the stage because mm. it's a completely different genre. So anybody that's a trained actor on the stage will move to film, but a film actor won't move to the stage. Like they'll have to work a lot harder to learn this new technique. It's new. Yeah, you have to remember that especially today where they film in HD, uh, you, you're playing very naturally to a camera that can be up to 
between six inches and two foot away. But when you're on stage, your nearest person is six foot and the furthest person is, you know, can be up to a hundred foot. So you play it completely different. You also play it up. So your head is up and your vocals are working so that the person right in the back can hear you. And that's very different from talking into uh, a boom, what they call a boom, which is taking your voice from above your head. Completely different technique. So before we move on, I'd like to do a quick speed round about all things theater. Uh, so we'll start with your favorite theater to see in, um, yeah, your favorite theater to see a play in. The Savoy Theatre in London. Why is that? What's what's so special about the Savoy? That's the one. The first. That's the one that when I was five years old, the first time I went to the theatre. Well, how old is the the theatre? Because I know theatres date. I mean, buildings date back, and you're you're over in the UK, so you guys got some of the oldest buildings. You guys got like cool ones. I would have to look that up for you, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's over a hundred years old. I bet the architecture is amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> and what is the what do you think is the best play to see when you go on a date? Now that depends if it's a first date. Say it's a first date. Gosh, I wouldn't go on a first date to the theatre because you can't talk to each other. So that that's the nerves. <laughs> Mind you, um, I went on a first date not long ago to a to a drag show. It was brilliant, and we both loved it. So yeah, maybe something that's cabaret style. So, so what is a play that always makes you cry? Oh, that's easy. Les Mis. Les Miserables. Because I've had lots of my students play uh, in the play. And of course, it, they play Gavroche. And uh, he gets shot and killed. So my little student, who's like eight, nine years old, get, dies every night. So every night he dies, I cry. God. Eight-year-olds doing Les Mis? Oh, yeah. Is Gav- My name is Gavroche. Yeah, one of the little what? kids. I've got a little boy at the moment in London in on tour with King and I. Um, I've got three in London in shows at the moment of my students. That's very nice. King and I, that's how I remember we did have to watch, we watched the movie in eighth grade. We watched a lot of movies uh, in American schools <laughs> instead of reading. So, <laughs> gives you a clue to our, our education system. <laughs> yeah. So, what is the last uh, great performance you saw at the theater? I actually saw Young Frankenstein was the last show, and it was so good, so much fun. That was probably the last show. I, and I always think the last show is always the, mo- the most memorable till your next one. So I'll go with Young Frankenstein. So we usually in the crush portion where I ask you what do you think your life would be like with your crush, but theater has been a part of your life for so long what do you think your life would be like if you're you never went and saw that play when you were five and you never discovered the theater sad (laughs) i think i wouldn't be writing today i really don't think because it's the theater that's always inspired me to write so um i kind of i'm sitting in the caribbean this is where i live half the year where i write my books so i don't think i'd be sitting here uh, I don't think I'd be writing. I don't think I'd be doing podcasts, radio, TV, and everything else. Uh, um, so I'm just kind of thankful that I do. Mm-hmm. You always wonder, like, if they didn't go, didn't have tickets that night, 
what path would you be on? But I'm glad that you did find uh, the path very early and you knew about by 10 what you wanted to do in life. That's really good. And you stuck with it. Not a lot of people do. I mean, I'm not the president of the country. That's what I wanted to do at 10. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, no, I know, I know it's unusual. And I say to people now when they say, you know, teenagers, they don't know what they want to do. And I said, it's okay. You don't have to know. You know, just just watch and learn and live. You don't need to know. You don't need to stick with something. You can always change your mind. Life's too short, you know, unless you love it. Then stick with yep. it. <laughs> so Absolutely. Now, now it's time to talk more about what you have going on. So we're going to start with the podcast. Uh, it's called The Life of a Crime Novelist. You started that seven years ago and have since interviewed everyone from fellow authors to magicians, which is interesting. Uh, what motivated you to start that show? I think everything is motivated by book sales, really. Um, I always say about writing a book, writing it's easy, selling it is hard. So just getting out there and telling people uh, about the books. Um, I'm writing book 17 at the moment, so there's a few out there. And uh, it's just my way of letting the world know what I do. And are you gearing up for a new season of The Life of a Crime Novelist at the moment? What I do is what out for interesting stories and interesting people I met I was actually having my nails done last week and the lady next to me I don't know what made me start chatting to her but she was funny she was in her 80s and then I started chatting to her and found out that she was born in Luxembourg escaped at the age of five during the war to France and then eventually to Spain she didn't go to school for the first 10 years of her life and then eventually escaped to America. And her story was incredible. And I want to interview people like that that are incredible and need their stories told. So it's whoever I find on the way, really. And you're just picking them up, getting your nails done, grocery shopping. <laughs> you never know who you meet. I always say everybody's a, everyone's life story is a book. It's just like, are we going to read it? You know, we have time to read them all. And everybody has a story to tell. Yeah, and I like that everybody's story is like a different genre too. Exactly. So you said you're writing book 17 now and you have, a, that means you have 16 already. And you cover a lot of bases. You mentioned you write kids books, you write books for actors, you write the true crime. What kind of, um, genre, what genre did you start in when you started writing books? <laughs> Uh, I'm actually just adopted a cat and she's joining in at the moment. So <laughs> um, I started because I work with children, I decided my easy, the easiest thing for me to do is to write for young people. And I love the age uh, eight to 12 year olds. I love teaching them. So I decided uh, to go for that age group. And then when I decided my main character, she was going to be a young detective. So it's still keeping the detective, and she's an actor, so it's really important that you write about what you know. And I've spent 30 years on a film set, so, uh, you know, I've seen all these amazing actors, worked with fantastic actors and people. So all of this past experiences end up in the book. You mentioned the true crime. Do you find yourself listening to all the plethora of true crime podcasts out there for inspiration? No. I can't because it just it's too much and uh, so 
if I'm writing a book, I take about six months to do my research and I sit with people. So I sit with police, forensic, uh, criminologists. Uh, so I sit and just talk to people. But yeah, that's, so that's how I do it. So if I'm listening to something, I do like a bit of politics. Uh, so, and um, I love anything to do with Vegas. Uh, I found out right, on YouTube, you can watch people live playing slot machines. So, <laughs> so that's my new passion. And it oh. stops me thinking about my next crime, not my next crime, but my next <laughs> crime. Don't admit that. Don't admit you have a crime. No. That's funny. No, my next subject matter. Yeah. <laughs> well, YouTube really has everything. It really does. So, <laughs> so funny. You mentioned you're working on book 17. Is it true crime? Are we going to the detective kid book again? Like, No, it's book three in the Sandra Bernstein Chronicles. The first book was set on the island where I live in St. Martin. Um, book two in Vegas. Uh, and that's what I've got a documentary on Amazon Prime that goes with it. I went to Vegas first to research before I wrote the book. And then this one is based, based in England. So at the moment I'm working on where I'm going next. So I have, uh, I am working on a creating, well, it's all, uh, we're working on a new TV series uh, where I go around the world <clears throat> visiting people and places that could end up in a book. So interesting places and people. So I'm going to some amazing places. I'm going to Cambodia, uh, I'm going to Egypt, uh, Mexico. <coughs> so I'm going to fantastic places. And um, and, that, and then I will decide where the next book is uh, based. Where have you been that you found the most inspiring to write? Egypt. Ooh, wow, really? I, I love Egypt. There is a sense, the history. Obviously, it, you can't really understand the concept that most of the things you see are over 2,000 years old. Between two and 4,000 years old, the temples and the pyramids and the history. And I find there's something magical about the history uh, in Egypt. I don't know why, I've just got an affinity with this uh, history. Maybe I was an archaeologist or something in a past life. And maybe you were an archaeologist. I've never been anywhere that historical. Maybe like I've been to like the California missions, but it's not that as exciting as I would probably be really excited to see the, the freaking pyramids. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. And then I, I went to the wall of China uh, just wow. before COVID. I worked out in China for a, f a few times. This is working, creative writing with children. And uh, so I went to the Great Wall of China. And of course, that's thousands of years old as well. And it's so high and long. And how did they build it? You have to go up in a cable car to get to it. How did they build build a wall up there you know so i love i love science fiction put I, I in fact if you gave me star trek i would sit here and watch star trek all night <laughs> it's funny have you've never written in the sci-fi genre have you though no it is something that's on my mind to do that seems the most free because sci-fi can be as wild as it can be you know especially today you know with the cgi and everything else that's going on so yeah, maybe one day. Well, 
You can do it. I feel I feel like you could do it. You could do yeah. it. So you've written all these books, and you've written books that help actors, which makes sense because, like you said, you uh, you work with kids, and you're an acting coach as well. When did you realize you wanted to coach? How did you get into that part of it? I st- I started at seventeen teaching adults. It was bizarre. I don't know how. <laughs> Got away with it. I started doing the acting lessons at 10 and then when I started working as a youth leader in the youth clubs at 17 I started teaching 18 year olds and older and then producing the plays and I'm very good at I don't know I, I don't know how I get away with it <laughs> I got away with it but I did and uh, I just think I'm a very I'm very much a I can do it there's nothing <laughs> I can do so that's probably how I got away with it where did that innate confidence come from have you always been like that yeah I do think it comes from it, like at 15 being told you can't and I would go yeah all right I'll show you. So I think there's somebody don't say to me you can't because that's like a you know red red rag to a bull. So you've been proving that career advisor wrong all these years. Yeah, all these years. I'm still talking about it. Fifty years on. <laughs> I mean, it. those little things stick with us. I don't think educators, teachers, people that work at school know how influential they are to what we're gonna do. I mean, my PE teacher was like a was so scary now and every time I actually finish running a mile I think of her and I'm like yeah in your face <laughs> in your face yes it's exactly the same don't tell me I can't be a director how dare you and when you were teaching at 17 was it hard to get the respect of those uh, that were older than you in the class no I take control it's so funny I don't know how I did it but because teaching drama is fun uh, uh, and I just took what I was taught and switched it of course we had no internet then so it's not as if I could google class plans or anything and uh, I don't know how I did it and I wrote everything down I've always written my class plans down so I did like 30 years of class plans it was all in Dropbox and then one day I thought hold on I've got books full of stuff because I've written plans every time I've done a class I've written a plan of action so I put these plans together and and wrote a couple of books out of what I already had in Dropbox oh well there you go (laughs) there is nothing you can't do Jackie done it all you've done it all and so uh can you remind people where they can find you and all these amazing things you've done online yeah go to jackyrom.com or google me just google jackie rom j-a-c-k-y-r-o-m and it'll all come up you can see the podcast uh youtube channel tiktok instagram it doesn't stop does it jackyrom.com i love it yeah i mean how lucky did you get with this last name (laughs) Exactly. And don't forget to go and watch Method of Murder on Amazon Prime. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about your crush on the theater and so much more. And everyone, you can find all of Jackie's information below. And until next time, as always, keep crushing it.